10 and try the Lord. And look to the hills from which cometh your help. And all your help comes from the Lord. When you know that God is faithful and he's mighty in power, that those who have limits, we know the one who knows no limits, that we can call on God and find out that our God can move. And anybody here glad that God moves? I, I want to highlight that for a moment and I get back to our text. Uh, this is not in the script, but I will highlight for a moment that our God moves, meaning this, that our God is a God of action. Our God is alive. That our God can respond to our situation. It seems like there's some people out there just don't care about what we're going through because of their inactivity. But our God is active. Oh, glory be to God in our life. How great is our God? Who is like the Lord? Nobody. There's nothing our God cannot do. Psalm 24, 7 and 10 says, open up ancient gates and open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. Can we take a moment now just to meditate on the king of glory? The God of all creation. When it says he's the Lord of hosts, he created the host. <laughs> Genesis 2 and 1 says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Another translation says the heavens and all his hosts were created. He is the commander of his own army he created. <laughs> he controls all things. That's when we talk about the Lord of hosts. We're talking about the God almighty, all powerful, which means that he has all power, which means that he's not without power. He's not incapable, but he is capable because he has power. Isaiah 43 and 7 reminds us to bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. I, it was I who created them. Then we look forward in Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And they exist because you created what you please. Can I help you to understand again as we meditate on God, the Lord of hosts, that he is almighty. He is all powerful. And the creator of the heavens and the earth. So let us not look at man for help, but look up to the hills which cometh our help. And all our help cometh from the Lord. So with that backdrop, knowing who God is, look how David shows us how he knows God to be that God. A God that has all power, a God that is in control, a God that has all authority in his reach. David shows us how to turn to the Lord in times of adversity. David shows us that his knowledge of, of God and who he is and what he has done lets him know that he also has access to that same God that can speak and things shall change. We look in our text now in 2 Samuel. I'll just say that again, 2 Samuel, which means there's a 1 Samuel. And 1 Samuel is basically about Samuel. Samuel was the last judge. Before there were kings, there were judges. 
people of Israel got mad and got jealous because they wanted kings like everybody else. And so Samuel anointed Saul as king, but then Saul disobeyed God and was rejected as king. So Samuel had to anoint another king that was David. But he anointed David as king while Saul was still king. So that means David had a weight on the Lord. Y'all heard that? He could not move ahead. He had to wait till the time was right. And now David was a shepherd when he was anointed as king. He was a little boy. He had brothers that were older than him that his father figured that they must be the ones qualified to become king. And they all waited. But Samuel was told by God, we're going to sit here. We're going to wait till that boy gets out the field and we're going to anoint him to be king. Because God was looking after his heart, not at his stature. So David in his time of waiting to become king, do you understand Saul wanted to kill him? Saul was jealous of David. They made a song because David killed Goliath, that David killed his ten thousands, but Saul only killed a thousand. Saul did not like the way that story was written. He got mad and said, look how they sing about him. I got to get rid of my competition. As a matter of fact, David became good friends with his son, Jonathan, and that he got to say, don't you understand? He's going to take your throne. But Jonathan says, I don't care. I will serve him if he becomes king. So, see, Saul has so much against David. David realized that I will not touch his anointing. So David was running for his life, waiting to become king. But now the text comes to his coronation. David is now king. Verse 3 and 4 says, so they here at Hebron. King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. I want you to understand that, that it's roughly about 15 years he had to wait <laughs> to become king. I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of people can't wait two years. Well, let alone let it be 15 years for you to get what's mine. Mm. But David established his place for his kingdom. In verse 7 of the 5th chapter, it says, But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. I'm going to highlight here that this is not Bethlehem, his birthplace, the city of David. But this is called the city of David, the place he conquered. So when he conquered it, and it was a refuge, it was a stronghold, he says, we're going to take this place and make it my kingdom. And since it was a stronghold, it was a refuge, he knew he was secure and safe there, that he built up the area around there to be his home. That is the city of David that we know as Zion. So the Lord gives David victory. So this now we look at our narrative in our text today of the Lord of hosts moving in God. So David made a fortress his home, and he called it the city of David. He extended the city starting at the supporting terraces and working inward. And David became more and more powerful because what? The Lord of heaven's armies was with him. David wasn't powerful because it says of his prowess, or because his acumen or his ability and strength of his army. No, he was only in charge because God was with him. I encourage somebody today to let you know it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. But if you don't got God. You don't have anything. What a man profit to gain the whole world but loses his soul. It's better be with God. That's why the psalmist says, I'd rather be a gatekeeper 
Uh, I'd rather be just there than be in the tent of the wicked. I, I, I can't, if I can't even get in the house of the Lord, as long as I'm at the door, if I wish somebody, as long as I'm at the door threshold of the house of the Lord, it's better than be anywhere else. David understands that it's better to be with God than to be with anybody else. David was chosen by God to be king. Notice that David didn't choose his profession. God chose him for this profession. He was anointed by Saul. I'm sorry, he was known about Samuel to succeed Saul. The Lord left Saul and was with David. You go back and look that when he was anointed, the Spirit of God left Saul and landed on David. God was working with David, growing him, maturing him, preparing him for this day. Now, David recognizes that the power of God is in his life, and we see the evidence there. That's when we look in our text today. And so David realized that God has given him reign over all of Israel. Verse 12, and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and has blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. David is not blessed for his sake. It's not for his glory, but for God's glory. Let me spend a moment time to encourage us. And when we know the Lord of hosts, then we know that everything belongs to him. So if everything belongs to him, let me take care of what is his. Because it is not mine. Think about that for a moment. When I take, a, take care of something that is not mine, that means I'm going to be held accountable if it caused damage. Some of you know about library book fines and definitely come towards graduation. If you still got a book out, they won't let you walk across that stage. I, I'm going to let you all know that. Education system is big on that. It don't matter. That book could be one dollar. But you won't pay that one dollar or you're going to bring that book back or you're not going to graduate. You did accomplish everything. You got the grades. You got the credit. But they will not issue out your diploma or give you your transcript if you still owe us some money. I want you to understand that, that I remember when I was graduating. We all went to the board because it says, go look on the board. This is free technology, y'all. Go to the board and find out if your name is on it. If you owe any fee, you're not going to walk across. Everybody look at us and say, I had a fee for the library. So let me go find this book. <laughs> let me get this book in. We understand that if it's not right, you're not going to get across. But here it is that David understands that God chose me and God's prepared me and God wants me to give me everything that I need to be successful. And I realize that, Lord, i got to take care of what you've given me so I can get all the blessing. I'm talking to somebody here. And so now when you understand that i got to take care of what he's given to me and be able to give it back to him in good condition and, and good working order, or i got to pay the damages. You know, there's consequences for our choices and our behavior. David was called at a young age. To be king, David finds refuge in God at a young boy. He found a place he called a stronghold with his mighty men. David knows about strongholds. He knows about places that come. And this stronghold that we're going to talk about in our text, it might have been that same stronghold he's been in before with his mighty men when Saul wanted to get him. But now when we look in our text, and y'all join in with me in verse 17. Our text tells us today, 2 Samuel 5th chapter. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told 
they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. The Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephah. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who burst through or the Lord of the breakthrough. David was called by God to be the king of Israel. Knowing David was on his purpose, he found out enemies were trying to stop him from doing what God wanted him to do. Can I encourage you right now that if you are going against some times of adversity and some times of affliction, you might want to check to see, am I heading in the right direction? Because sometimes we're heading in the right direction. That's why we're going through some, some times of adversity and some times of trouble because the enemy wants to stop us from doing what God called us to do. And I encourage you to understand that if you're in that face in that time of adversity, don't just keep on pushing on. Take a moment to stop and pray. Say, Lord, am I headed in the right direction? Notice David did not just say, I'm going to go down and beat them up. He says, Lord, will you give us victory? He did not want to fight the battle in vain. You know, to do something in vain means you're not going to get the outcome you want. <laughs> David says, I, I'm not just going to be willing to go into this battle, though I do have an army, though I do have mighty men, though I've defeated people in the past, but I realize I can't do it without the Lord. And there's times in our lives that we want to be in good communion with God, that we got to spend some time and pray with God. Another thing that we want to do, to make sure we're in the right direction and walking in God's purpose and walking in his power is to read his word. When we read his word and we meditate on his word, and to meditate means to read it out loud or read it to yourself and contemplate and say, what does this mean? How does this apply to my life? How can I walk this truth out in my life? When I'm meditating on God's word, I'm not just trying to know it. I want to live it. And so when I pray with him, and I study his word, I live out his word, then I'm going through the action of moving in kindness, moving in patience, moving in gentleness, moving in long-suffering, moving in love, moving in forgiveness. Y'all didn't pick up on those are the fruit of the Spirit. When I'm being obedient to God, I'm going to walk and live as he wants me to live, and he will get all the glory because all the glory belongs to him. Do you understand that when you walk in your purpose and you're walking in the power of God, the road won't be easy? David found this out the hard way. Samuel came to his house, called him in from being a shepherd, Say, now I'm going to make you king. All right, David go back being a shepherd boy, <laughs> living his life. But you know his daddy was a good dad. He looked after his children. So he sent his youngest son to go give his brothers and you know, some food while they fighting. And Saul was hiding in the camp, but Goliath was in the camp. Y'all know what happened next. David didn't go to the fight Goliath. He went to go check on his brother. But then Goliath started talking about his God. He said, who are you going to talk about my God? He said, Saul, he told, he told Saul, hey, yo, send me out. Don't worry about me. 
but my God. <laughs> my God delivered me from lions. He delivered me from bears. He'll deliver me from this giant. You understand here? David understood that when I'm on purpose, I know God will give it everything that I need to be successful in this purpose. David understands the road won't be easy. So he understands that God will bless him and give him favor and be saved and be obedient. But notice David does not move without trusting in God. David was now in great danger because his men one time in the past wanted to kill him. You understand that Psalm, look, I said this is in 2 Samuel. Go back to 1 Samuel, 30th chapter, verse 6. I'll, I'll read it for you. You don't have to turn back right now, but put the pen there. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Remember I asked earlier, who do you run to? <laughs> who do you call on in times of adversity, in times of difficulty? David says, when everybody else turns on me, <laughs> I'm going to turn to the Lord. And he found strength in the Lord. You go back and read that account, you'll find out that God told him, I will give you victory. Go out and get them. He said, you sure? He, God said, yes, I'll give you a sign. So David went out, and they got all their sons and daughters back. David has a history of knowing that, God, you have power. You are my refuge. You are my strength. I will turn to you before I move. Can I encourage somebody today? If you have not done it before, you need to turn to God before you move. Knowing the Lord is all-powerful, and he's able to say and do exactly what he wants. And check this out. The Lord will give you strength to see that the victory be in your hands. David calling to be king. And he was called to be over God's people. But yet he understood he couldn't do it on his power. He couldn't do it on his might. The, the writer tells us that he had all this faith because the Lord of hosts was with him. And so when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, notice David went into a hiding place. He went into a fortress. He went into a stronghold. He went into his refuge. May I encourage you about Psalm 27? The one thing I ask for the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The light in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For, I, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me, he will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Do you see how you can write that song when you know that in my time of trouble, I can find safe and security inside my God? He looked to the Lord and says, I want to dwell upon your sanctuary and your temple and hide in your secret place. And you will lift me up above my enemies. Can you be encouraged today to know that you can turn to the Lord when your enemies come? You got to look at them, but look up to the heat. Don't be looking vertical. I'm sorry, don't look horizontal, but look vertical. Look up and realize that God is able to speak and things shall change. Notice that once he turned to God, God turned to him. Y'all see how that worked out? Y'all know David had a son, Solomon. And Solomon asked God, we know we're going to leave you, 
But if we turn back, and what did God say? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn. So once you turn back, oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> you start realizing, oh, God, I'm sorry I left. It's better in your place. It's better in your help. It's better in your love, your grace, and your mercy. And then we see how God brings forth healing. Here it is, David realized, my enemy wants me to stumble and fall, but I will not be defeated. I will not be broken. I will not give up, but I'm going to look to the Lord who, who brings all of my help. And look what happened here in the text. Y'all still with me? So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. Oh, in that good news, when you hear God tell you he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. But I want to highlight something very closely here. Notice that God told him I would give him victory. But notice he didn't tell David how he would give him victory. <laughs> but he said he would give him victory. And so David went out and he went out and saw God show up. How do we know God showed out? Well, look what the writer said. He said, the Lord did it. It said he exclaimed that he did not just say, oh, the God did it. No, no, he said, the Lord did it. I wish I had a few more witnesses here. Anybody here been there before that when God did it, he got a shout out and said, the Lord did it. He made a way out of nowhere. He showed up and he showed out. He came here right on time and fixed the situation. I realized I couldn't do it on my might, on my strength, on my ability. But in the name of the Lord, things start to shift, things start to change, and God moved in an awesome way. Matter of fact, look what he said, how God moved. So literally, he pointed out, said, just as a flood, raging water rushed through, my God broke through the enemy. This defeat of the enemy was so great. It's kind of a read over line. But if you look at verse 21, it said, the Philistines had abandoned their idols there. So David and his men confiscated them. Let me help you out. In the ancient Near East, when they went out to war, it's pretty much my God versus your God. And so if we win, that means our God won. And in this time that they would go out and march with their gods, it means that if, if, if my God won, that means your God is not as strong as my God. And so here it is that when God broke through the enemy, they realized that what we got ain't worth it. <laughs> they left it all behind. And David it took them up and confiscated them. Now he's pointing out that they made sure that can't nobody else use these ruffians because these things are statues. These things are inanimate. These things cannot see. They cannot hear. They cannot move. We went into the stronghold. He called on his God. And God says, yes, I will. And he broke through. I encourage you to know. There's times in our lives that we might feel that we're between a rock and a hard place. But you understand that his refuge wasn't a rock and a hard place. <laughs> and I want to encourage you that though you might be between a rock and a hard place, you can still look up to the rock <laughs> and call on the Lord and say, Lord, will you give me victory? Will you find me a way out above my enemies? Notice how they came. And they wanted to stop him because God elevated him. 
Notice that sometimes in your life, just as you get elevated, some people rise out of nowhere, trying to knock you down. They want to talk about you and try to defeat you or mess with you. But that's when you don't go and face them. Go and turn to God and say, Lord, give me the strength. <laughs> Help me to hold out. Help me to trust in you. Help me, oh God, to do what is right according to your will. You don't got to prove yourself to other people. You're going to prove yourself wrong every time because they're going to change their minds about you. They change just as the weather changes. It's going to be sunny tomorrow. It might be raining tomorrow. You don't know it's going to change. But yet God does not change. He's the same today as he is. yesterday. will be tomorrow because I am who I am. He's a present God. And notice this is another covenant aspect of the God known the Lord of hosts. Let's say Yahweh Shavuot, the Lord of hosts, meaning this, that it is his given name coming with another attribute of him, that he is the Lord of all arms. He's the Lord of all power. He's the Lord of all might. That means he has everything at his disposal. So why are you worried? Why are you stressed out trying to figure it out when God can go ahead and work it out? There's no sense for you to try to try to fix it when God can just speak and things shall be changed. But we got to learn to have patience. Notice David waited on the Lord to answer him. We need to also learn how to wait on the Lord. When we're waiting on the Lord, we are allowing him to use us and show us. And notice David had time away. Remember, it took him roughly 15 years to become king. And then once he was anointed, Notice there was peace within the community. The Philistines didn't like that. I want to encourage you. God can give you peace. And he can maintain your peace. But will you keep on looking your eyes to him? Isaiah says he'll keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stayed on him. So let us keep our eyes stayed on him. Let us turn to him. No matter what we're going through, through the good times and the bad times, let us turn to our God and say, Lord, give us strength. Lord, I know you will give us victory because we have victory in you. And so when you understand that he is the great I am, he is the Lord of hosts, the God of heavenly arms. I close with this thought in mind. When Jesus was being marched to Calvary and he was talking and they were trying to say, how are you the king? And he pointed out that I'm a king of another kingdom, that I got hosts of angels. On my beck and call. All I got to do is say the word. And they were showed up. You want to know why Jesus could say that? Because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the host of hosts. And so when you understand that if I know God the Father, I know God the Son, I know God the Holy Spirit. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when I understand, when I call on the name of the Lord, the Philippians writer pointed that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Cast this in heaven, in earth, and below. Because he is all powerful. No matter where you are, you can't hide from God. And so when I call on the name of Jesus... I'm calling on a great I am. I'm calling on the Lord of hosts and saying, Lord, I'm so glad that you can save me. I'm so glad that you can redeem me. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Don't walk around with your head bowed down as if you can't make it, but look up to the hills in which cometh your help, and all your help comes from the Lord. 
will he not do it? Look what David saw. He says, God, I'm asking you, will you give me victory? He says, yes. I will. There's some people out there that don't know if they can make it in life, but you're going to tell them, look up to Jesus. He's coming back again. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can let them know, can he do it? You can tell them, yes, he can. Will you trust in him? Will you try him? Will you taste and see the Lord is good? He's the Lord of the break. So don't let what you're facing seem insurmountable, seem that's immovable when you know a God that is unchanging, that is unstoppable, that is invincible. So turn to the Lord of hosts and watch him break through whatever you need in your life. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you are the Lord of hosts. You are the God of the breakthrough. And we thank you, Lord, that you break every chain. You break every bound. You break anything, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you come that we might have life and life more abundantly. That we have your peace. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love. And that, Lord, in you we are more than conquerors. So help us, oh God, to remember to always turn to you. Forgive us the time to God we try to do it on our own. And we went without you. We thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy is so good uh, that if we confess, you are faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and that they too can be saved. Because you died and rose again from the grave. And now, Lord, we thank you. You are exalted. Seated in the right hand in majesty. Interceding on our behalf. And, Lord, we want to serve you until you come back again. That we'll forever be with you in the new heaven and the new earth. Lord, I pray there's someone today, Lord, you help them find that Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church. Where they can be discipled. They can be baptized, celebrate baptism in the communion of the saints together. And grow in, in, in discipleship and growing community. Uh, with their local church. Now, Father, continue to bless us as we move in this place, we pray. Amen. There might be someone here today that decided to join in. Uh, if you prepare to give God his tithe and offer, you're welcome. The time will come around, and that's you. Uh, they're welcome to join this fellowship in this place. As we prepare to give God his tithe and our offering, let us pray. Mighty God, we give back to you. It already belongs to you. We thank you, God, that you supply all every day. Now, Father, yes, those blessed souls that desire to give and yet have not. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Now, God, bless what is given for the building and edification of your church and the work of your kingdom. As you Christ and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 You also, those online, can give online through our app. And God bless you. May he keep you. Usher, please come forward.